Hey, welcome to the Africa Podcast. My name is Mikey Mhenna. Today we have another episode of Double Exposure, which is in collaboration with GPP Gulf Photo Plus. We have two photographers for this episode, Nadia Bsaiso and Farah Fude. It is hosted by Rama Ghanem from uh, Gulf Photo Plus. I hope you enjoy the episode. As always, feel free to go over to YouTube to watch the interview. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm very happy to be with you today. Uh, a little background about myself, just uh, as you said, I'm a documentary photographer based in Jordan. This project actually is one of my uh, main projects that I'm working on. It's, uh, it's the one that I started back in 2016. I came back from Italy, uh, I finished my degree and I wanted to come back to Jordan and work on a personal uh, project. I basically wanted to to trace and get away from Amman itself and take a look at Jordan as a whole. And you can't take Jordan by itself without taking the whole Middle East uh, in view. So because Jordan is, uh, whatever happens in the Middle East is affects Jordan uh, directly. So the idea of uh, infertile crescent came to mind basically because of the term fertile crescent and who's not familiar with that term. It's basically a term uh, that was given to the, the region because of its fertile uh, uh, environment, uh, the water, the resources, and it, because it's the cradle of civilization. And the fertile crescent was basically Jordan, Palestine, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, and that why did I choose for my project to call it infertile? Because I felt that if before we were uh, the cradle of we we were part of this fertility, but something went wrong along the way, and because of the geopolitics of the region, because of the wars, the destruction, something did change. So I I this project came to in my in, in my mind. Uh, and I started to trace the Jordanian border. The first chapter uh, was basically going through uh, the south of Jordan and um, covering uh, an important project that was going to to be happening, which was basically uh, the Red Sea, Dead Sea uh, conveyance project. And they were going to drag water from the Red Sea to uh, the Dead Sea, uh, planning to to kind of uh, find a solution because Jordan was considered the second most uh, poor country in water resources. Thank you so much, Nadia. Shall we move on to Farah's presentation? Then we can sort of have a conversation about... Yeah, sure. I just want to say thank you for sharing. I feel like our... The land has so much to tell about who we are as a like people in our history, and we've been so stuck in talking about things from like the political, I don't know, narrative that we've been taught, and like the land can really say so much about who we are and what we could do. So thanks, and I really enjoy your photos. So um, I will go into uh, talking a little bit about myself because I like to get personal. <laughs> if you know me, that's a thing. Um, so I'll start by giving you a little bit of a summary about how I got into what it is that I'm doing. Um, I kind of got into photography, photography gradually. Um, and when I look back in time, it's kind of very obvious. And I think and I've had clear signs, but they only came to mean something later in life. Um, I began my journey with a B international studies. And my interest, as you mentioned earlier, growing up between different places, I think my interest in pursuing that uh, degree was shaped by my multicultural upbringing. Um, 
it's something that I'm really grateful for because it allowed me to experience alternate realities very intimately from a very young age. As opposed to being a traveler, I belong to the ecosystems I was inhibiting. And these opposing worlds uh, or alternative realities, they led me to be curious about the world in a different way. I wanted to understand the world culturally and politically and maybe try and do my part to make it a better place. And that's what led me to study what I studied and eventually led me to work in development in Jordan. I worked within NGOs before coming up with my conclusions about the state of uh, how the development world functions in Jordan. I felt like it was mostly imported solutions and in a way creating a system of uh, dependence. I ultimately started looking to tourism, which at the time I believed was the ultimate path to self-sustained development. Um, and funnily enough, as I led myself into tourism, it brought me back to photography. Uh, as the language of the century, I had to get acquainted with it and I had to learn how to communicate visually. My job entailed shaping the image of Jordan as a tourism destination. And uh, through that experience, I realized that I enjoyed speaking in this language. It allowed me to connect with humans and sort of understand trends and behaviors through studying images. And at the same time, I was also just uh, enjoying making my own photographs. So I decided to pursue a master's in photography and design at Elisava. And that basically started my journey officially with photography. So my journey began by naturally looking into what I know and what had impacted me. I took the photographic lens to look into my region, the Middle East. I wanted to understand how the photographic story began in the region, um, who led it, what shaped it, how it was distributed, and how did that shape what we know today. With the first series, Bedu, which you have shown here, I uh, worked with the Bedouin community in Wadi Rum to address the dominant image of the Arab man as it was created on the onset and as it continues to shape the perception of the region and the Arab man today. With this series, um, my goal was to build on the history of Orientalist representation of the Mediterranean Middle East as a vast desert and the Bedouin culture as the dominant culture. I was inspired by the images that shied away from the relatable in order to create strong exotic visuals. Images that were created by Western photographers who had previously been inspired by years of Orientalist painting and basically set out to create what had already been established. I wanted to address the notion of the modern tourism industry as a production, tying it to the early period of photography that limited the perception of the region by portraying it through a romanticized gaze. That early period, I argue, has left us in a tricky situation, which is basically a self-fulfilling cycle that constantly demands the same images and produces the same kind of images and experiences and in turn limits the portrayal of a diverse region and time. Um, all right, great guys. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, I really love that you started uh, uh, or you like opened the floor for uh, this conversation about like navigating that space as a woman, I guess, thinking about it, I um, that is something that like I ponder with both of your works, like how you get so close um, to a community. Uh, in that way and, and holding the camera to their face? Like what, what is that interaction like? How do you gain the trust in order to capture these photos? And especially like, 
uh, Farahir work is it has like an editorial feeling, which it, like you said, is a production. And that's something that, um, you know, it, it's, it's so choreographed. So how do you get ordinary people in the work to sort of collaborate with you to, to, to capture something like that? And, um, and, and yeah, and the question goes out to Nadia as well about, um, about that experience, but yeah. I think what makes it, um, special for me is the fact that they are not ordinary people in this sense. Like if you speak to anyone in Petra, they'll tell you I've had a camera pointed in my face since I was a kid and, or I've had a photo taken of me a hundred times today. So a camera is something that they are very comfortable with and uh, very familiar with. And that's also part of why I was building on the performative aspect of the image making with them specifically in the context of their story and, and just their experience with tourism and the role photography plays and all of that. I, I wanted to show that I wanted to work with them more as like models and collaborators and people who have like this comfort with the camera and can create more and can give me more and want to be involved in the process. I mean, also, it's a fun image making process when we are together. I mean, we go out, scout locations, we have music, we're just like talking about life and taking photos and just collaborating. They have ideas, I have ideas. And I think it's a mutually like beneficial experience for both. And that's why I find that they are willing to participate in it because we're both learning about each other. I mean, I'm learning about them, but they're also learning about me. They have, there are very few uh, Jordanian women who go out into the desert on their own. And I know that they have, they're curious about me as I am curious about them. And um, yeah, we're just like hanging out and making photos. <laughs> I'm curious today, uh, like when they see themselves after you photograph them, and I imagine it's well, obviously it's very different to a, like a tourist snapshot. Um, I mean, yeah. they just think I'm weird in general, so that just translates <laughs> into that. <laughs> what kind of feedback do they give you? Like, are they like, do they want to keep the photos, or do they have critiques for you? Um, I mean. Not really. The photos I do share are received well. I mean, they feel like they look like superstars um, in some of them. But also, this is one of the first times I'm sharing like these images. They've been in the making for quite a while. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything can really, photographically speaking, I, I feel like they're they have a whole like a portfolio of images of themselves around the world. So um, I don't think anything shocks or amuses. That's interesting. Um, Nadia, is that the same experience with you? Well, you're not working. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit different for me, but I'm really fascinated with the process uh, of Farah because it's it's not easy to, to conceptualize. And at the same time, having this, um, you know, finding the right characters and then it's a collaborative work at the end of the day. So I'm, I'm very curious to, to, to know these details that she just mentioned about how she does it and her process. For me, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, you've seen some, some uh, pictures that are basically moments uh, that just happen and you are there. So you can't really plan them. 
from the old lady to to the to the girls swimming um floating in the hot hot spring but then there's the other part where you spend a lot of time and you build access and trust and um you know uh for example in in a certain village i was curious to know uh more about what was happening in in one village they they worked with wool they worked with traditional um uh things so i i i tried to spend a lot of time uh building you know trust with them and just uh being with them in their daily life and daily moments so i think that also gave access uh and then you you are you know they trust you they know that you're um you know they they're curious also about what do you what are you trying to do and um they want to tell their story they they are also trying to you know be part of the narrative and then you're invited to the wedding and then a few years later your friends then they call you up and they you know, they know your birthday so these these the, these uh subjects or these people that you photograph become part of your life so it's 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 really fascinating how how you build uh build friendships as well uh while um you know uh, in your own journey yeah as you mentioned earlier like you said you started because you also wanted to get out of amman and get to know jordan and what not and it's really such an empowering experience when you do leave amman and then you start making these connections with people across the country and you feel like you start getting a full sense of what this country is or what makes it up versus just being in the city and disconnected from life it's it is a pretty empowering feeling Absolutely for me you know um Amman always took the lion's share of attention you know it's it's always the way where the big cities the capital um does that you know you you know more and and I wanted to know more about the isolated villages because I used to pass by uh, going from point A to point B for example for something but my eyes would be looking left and right checking out these small villages on the side and what was happening there so I think that also triggered a curiosity for me to to expand and to know more about you know where um speaking of personal personal work i do consider um as farah uh, said that she has the personal aspect for me this project as much as it doesn't really seem very personal um you know in talking about water man's relation with land but at the end of the day i i i'm searching for i i started the whole thing because i'm also st- Uh, trying to re- search and find something about myself my own roots my family uh, you know where i come from the bigger picture you know the, the uh, am i from jordan am i from the infertile crescent what it's it's these identity questions so it's also you know these layers and dimensions of you know you 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 start out doing something and then it it evolves and becomes something something else and uh yeah i mean it's i feel part of the process that you to you work on something and then you you discover these new things and you explore so i think that's also the magic of uh, photography and i'm also working with medium format film so it slows down the process that's something else that i i a couple of years ago i um 
um, more than more than a couple of years ago, maybe around ten years ago. <laughs> Time is flying right now, so that's why. But like um, basically, <laughs> I stopped working with digital uh, for my personal work because I felt it was rushing me and not giving me enough time to, you know understand the things that are going uh for me uh, so so the process of working with film it's slow it's you you need to you know develop the film you send it out and then you come back with the with the material so also that that played a role in 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 um, in my work and for it to be a long-term project yeah nadia that's a really interesting point that you bring up about time because i was like um, as I was looking at your work, well, actually, both of your works sort of have this um, element to a degree, but like the landscape is such a, a, a driving force and it's sort of like the never ending subject and it has this like impossible uh, vastness and it's almost like impossible to capture and especially like with a snapshot with your digital camera, like there's no way that you can possibly spend enough time with that. So it's it's a little bit ironic um, because that's the sort of overarching story and you're, uh, uh, and to capture it, you, you sort of need to spend time with it um, as like its resources are depleted, but then the more its resources are depleted, your project sort of becomes more, there's more to unpack there. And it like, it keeps giving as much as it like is losing. Um, and so, I, well, I'm rambling, but I guess like my mm -hmm. uh, uh, question is, um, do you ever see this, potentially ending because time is such an important aspect of it like how how long term can it be for, for sure for sure I mean um we also we always have to give ourselves deadline at the end of the day you know this this project is a four chapter project that I want to um make a book out of it so um I'm I'm actually now thinking because I finished two chapters maybe I'll I'll do a, a part one book and then I'll, I'll move to, to the second just because giving a lot of time also sometimes you know everything has a, a time limit or it would be interesting to see the feedback right now rather than wait until you know another uh, couple of years until you know the the other chapters are done but in another sense that why is it interesting that the, the long-term uh, project thing it's it may be something that it works for me right now to say that because I feel there's so many things that I still didn't tackle uh, in this bigger uh, title, which is called Infertile Crescent. So maybe it will be, you know, sub chapters or, you know, it's the same. Pro I will be dealing with the same topics, but there will be other projects, you know, within the project. So that's something also that I'm thinking about. And also re regarding time, it's really interesting that, you know, going through, for example, this, the chapter one was shot between 2015 and 2017, but I still keep on going and checking out that these areas because I, I, I just want to follow up. I just want to know these specific area, this specific, for example, pictures. I took a picture in this certain location. I go again and, and see what happened. And it's, it's fascinating for me how things change in terms of water or people don't visit that place anymore or the time of the day. So it's, it's also a process that is interesting for me to keep on, you know, following up and seeing what happened to to certain places within the time frame so yeah i mean that's, yeah. i mean i mean 
we mentioned like how our work is also a little bit personal and we were speaking about identity and stuff and i don't think either of us is gonna like stop taking photos about this like um what interests us right now because i think there's so much to uncover but i'll speak for myself in that i think i feel like quite privileged to have access to such a place like petra and kind of be part of this process and I think that it's some place that I will constantly be going back to um, in terms of how I produce my work and what comes out, like at what point and when. I think that would have to take a shape or another, but as a place, I do see myself constantly like going back to it. And also as a photographer, I'm not someone who just has my camera on me and takes photos all the time. I joke that I'm a fake photographer because I don't actually take photos. So if there's something that interests me in taking photos, I'll probably keep coming back. So, um, and the element of time is so important for me in general, like everything in photography, it's like my problem with photography as well is, or the way it's approached many times is like people go for the visual over the content and it's very easy to like go out and create projects but at the same time it's like time that gives you perspective even if you're still confused and have no conclusions it still like points you in the right direction or makes you want to ask the right questions or it's just depth I prefer working that way so time to me is important and I think that yeah it's just gonna keep going back to Petra. I agree with you. I mean, when you find a connection with a place, it's something that, you know, um, makes you want to go back. And for me, for a very long time, I was attracted to certain places like a moth to a flame. I just have to go like nothing is going going on. But, you, you know, I need to go to see. And, you know, so it's it's I feel it's it's part of our curiosity and uh, it keeps us moving. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a final sort of like pondering or question about, um, well, you both mentioned the sort of like alternative narrative that the project tackles and um, and this and these projects will have been like uh, uh, presented, you know, you, you have them on the internet or they've been, um, uh, I think I saw one of yours on NPR. Um, there, there's like a, it's like a sort of open for all eyes to see. So I'm curious about that, uh, the like foreign interpretation or the Western interpretation. Like, do you find that that conversation like informs how you operate or how you approach the project further? Sorry, um, how you approach the project further? Um, do you feel that the, that the attention that the project gets is diverted and it's not like not the point that you wanna um, get across? Um, for me personally, I have not faced that. Um, what happens usually, uh, because in my in my work, I, I there's geopolitics, there's uh, politics, there's water, there's so many elements that are going on. Sometimes uh, the viewer, uh, you know, they decide what they want to see in the picture. So they might see something. the The first thing that they might see is something aesthetically nice, or something that is, you know, attracted by the light. Or so. but there's always these different elements that I try to, or layers that I try to put in each picture. And for me personally, the difference becomes that 
one viewer sees one layer, but then you have different viewers that sees, you know, the two layers that I put or three or four. So that, that becomes something that, you know, becomes the perception of each uh, person. And it doesn't really affect the, 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 the overall or the core of the project, but I think it's just how people view uh, the, 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 the pictures themselves. So um, like for me, it was, uh, it was not an, uh, something that uh, formed an issue or something. Um, I agree in like the photography is uh, like clearly something subjective and whoever is reading your photo will read it and based on their experiences and knowledge and whatnot. Um, for my first series, Beto, I actually created that series specifically with a Western audience in mind because I had started this or approached this um, project while I was studying photography and getting into the whole history of photography and just like getting really deep into the whole world and and just looking at photography in the art world and what audiences are actually experiencing this and I was being sort of real in that this is probably going to be experienced by a western audience and I want to speak to a western audience or I want to speak to someone who is experiencing my region in this light and that's why I had like built off of orientalist images and sort of change the approach by being performative and hiding cues within it so I had originally taken that in, in mind and definitely worked because that to me was my target audience I was speaking to and then theory and practice are different and then when you show your work and then you realize that everyone's going to read what they want at the end of the day or what they can um, it kind of I guess frees you up and you start making photos just for yourself I guess and you learn that not everything's translatable and it's it's you can't uh, control people's experience of your work at the end of the day it's it's gonna be what it is thank you thank you guys um yeah i wonder if you had any final comments for uh for one another or if you wanted to move on to a quick q a i think we're doing we have tight <laughs> <laughs> No, for me personally, I, I really enjoyed uh, having this conversation with Farah because we are both uh, from uh, Jordan and basically we, we're shooting, I, I've not shot in, in, in Petra, I've not shot in Wadi Ram, so um, I'm very curious, I was very curious to see, you know, how she did her projects and um, yeah, I mean, that was something. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm also really like happy to be here. I guess we had this thing. I feel like um, we are kind of similar as well on a human level. I can see that you're like, uh, you appreciate time and going back and there's like an honest place the work is coming from. And yeah, that just feels cool. We're just really cool women, you know, killing it out there. <laughs> so, Hopefully we'll have an exhibition together uh, soon as well. Yeah, so, that's the plan. <laughs> Hopefully. All right, guys, thank you so much. I think that'll conclude um, this episode of Double Exposure. Um, I think we can follow both of you on Instagram. Uh, you guys post your pictures there a lot or is it just sort of I've like taken I've 
I'm trying to disappear off that platform, but I can't. I, I, <laughs> Don't follow I, her. <laughs> I mean, Same no, sure. In and out. <laughs> I've just struggled with finding a healthy relationship besides, yeah. I mean, follow me. I'll I'll find my, my path. It's taking time, but I'll get there. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, both Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's okay. been lovely. Hope you have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to watch the full uncut version, go to youtube.com slash afikra. There you can see the full video versions of these podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to afikra.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikra.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks. Thanks.